It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. While the Red Sox are riding high on a seven-game winning streak, they go into Toronto to take on the division rival Blue Jays as both teams are fighting for second place in the AL East. Since they're in Toronto, the Red Sox are without both Tanner Houck and Jaron Duran, so they're forced to turn to Connor Seabold on the mound in this first game of a three-game set against the Blue Jays. But that did not turn out how they expected in Monday's loss. I'll tell you all about it in this episode of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by BlueNile.com. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagements as well. So use your code Locked On at the checkout. But I want to welcome everybody to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Massachusetts Pirates team insider, Jake Inazuski. I'll be riding solo today. But we are here to talk about this tough Red Sox loss to the Toronto Blue Jays. But can't really complain whatsoever since the Sox have been riding high so far in June with a 19-4 record and have also had a seven-game winning streak going into this Blue Jays series. But This series, in my opinion, is one of the most critical that the Red Sox have had so far in the 2022 campaign. Since going into this series, the Red Sox had a 1.5 game advantage over the Blue Jays in second place in the AL East division. Even though they are still 11 and a half games behind the New York Yankees, who are just on a massive roll right now to start the first half of the MLB season, The Red Sox are still in second place, and this is a perfect opportunity for the Sox to get a leg up on this Blue Jays series and pad on a little bit of that lead in second place of the AL East. But unfortunately, due to this game being in Toronto, Tanner Houck and Jaron Duran were unable to travel with the team due to their vaccination status. So the Sox had to call up Connor Seabold, as well as Yomer Sanchez. And Seabold actually had to start Monday's game. But looking at sort of what Seabold had done going into the start against the Toronto Blue Jays, he had pitched 11 games with the Wu Sox, sporting a 5-1 and record, striking out 51 batters, and had a 209 ERA so far. And honestly, he has been so impressive to start the season, been thrown one to two hitters left and right, and has shown great strikeout stuff. The only time he has allowed more than four runs uh, was only one start. And interestingly enough, he played against the same exact team five days later and ended up throwing a one hitter. I actually had the opportunity to speak with him a little bit about what he did in between those starts to be able to be so effective, but I'll be releasing that interview 
uh, I think in the next week or so, I was thinking about releasing my interview with Connor Sebo that he had before this outing in the majors uh, this week. But I think what I might do is since probably after this Blue Jay series, he will most likely be sent back down when Jaron Duran and Tanner Houck are put back on the MLB roster. I think I might try and interview him and hear more about uh, his thoughts on his outing uh, in the MLB and attach that to the interview that I had with him uh, two weeks ago. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are on that. If you want to hear the before and also after interview, keep me posted about that. Maybe I'll do a poll on Twitter. Still thinking about it as well. Uh, but looking at uh, what Seabold was able to do in this game against the Blue Jays, it isn't nice to look at. Uh, he ended up uh, going four and two-thirds, nine hits, allowing seven earned runs total only walking one batter and striking out seven, which are probably uh, the two positives uh, out of this outing. Another positive is he did uh, have 19 swings and misses against this stacked Toronto Blue Jays lineup, which is tied for the most by a pitcher this season. But those swing and misses didn't really correlate to what uh, was shown on his stat line, which is the seven earned runs, which most of those earned runs came from homers. And if you look back at what Sebo did nine months ago when he made his major league debut for the Red Sox in September, it was sort of a mirror of what he did uh, in Monday night's outing where he ended up starting the game very well and then the home run ball really got to him. And he ended up uh, totaling, allowing three runs in his debut. Obviously a much better start than we saw from Sebo in this one, but can't really fault a guy uh, who hasn't made a start in the major leagues for around nine months. He also pitched one inning uh, three or three days ago when this episode is coming out, but two days before his start on Monday night for the Woo Sox. That's not going to do too much for you, but still, it, I still wanted to make sure it was a fact uh, that I did bring up. How this scoring really started for the Blue Jays on Monday night's 7-2 win for them uh, came in the first inning when Bo Bichette doubled to score a run, then followed in the third inning when George Springer hit the first home run of three for this Blue Jays lineup. Two batters later, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. followed that with a two-run home run to make the score four to nothing, and then the Blue Jays stacked it on a little bit more in the fifth inning with a Lourdes Gurriel ground out, which scored Alejandro Kirk to make it five nothing, and then Matt Chapman hit the third home run for the Blue Jays of the night with another two-run home run to make it seven to nothing, and. When you look at what the Sox were able to do offensively, it was practically nothing, which is unfortunate to see uh, in a really critical game, in my opinion, for them, because you're, the first game really sets the tone for the entire series. Luckily, with this loss, uh, the Red Sox have two games to make up for it. They still do have the ability uh, to win eight series in a row. That's not over just yet, but it was unfortunate to see, to see the offensive output that they did have. But you can't really fault them too, too much because they were going against a really good pitcher in Kevin Gosman, who ended up pitching seven total innings, only allowing four total hits in his start, walking two batters and striking out 10. So the Sox offense got fooled by a lot of really good, efficient pitches uh, by Kevin Gosman. And 
they really didn't do much of anything with runners in scoring position. Uh, there was two separate times where they had runners on first and third. The first one came in the third inning uh, when Bobby Dalbeck hit a single and then Ref Schneider walked. And then the other one came in the sixth inning when uh, Rafael Devers smacked a double and Xander Bogards uh, ended up walking. So they had two great opportunities in both of those innings, but they just were not able to capitalize uh, when the Sox offense needed it most. And they really only had their runs scored in the ninth inning. Uh, how that happened was Xander Bogards and Alex Verdugo singled to start it off. Trevor Story ended up hitting a sack fly to make it 7-1. to one. Then we saw Bobby Delbeck continue his great game singling to score Alex Verdugo to make it 7-2. to two. So ultimately, the best hitters in this game were Christian Vasquez, Bobby Delbeck, and Alex Verdugo. They all three ended up sporting a two and four game. So unfortunate to see this offensive output, like like I just said, uh, from a Red Sox team in a really critical game. But you can't really fault them too, too much since they had a fill-in starter who ended up sort of blowing up the game early. So I bet that sort of deflated this Red Sox offense throughout the rest of the game. But hopefully they can make this up going into tomorrow's game uh, where Michael Waka will be on the mound against Ross Stripling. But I'll talk a little bit about that more in our second segment, as well as give some roster updates that this Red Sox team had over the last day or so. So luckily, they're very positive in terms of guys coming back from injury. But as I said, I'll talk about that more in our second segment, but I first wanted to talk to you about Blue Nile, which is a great place to find not only your engagement ring, but also some fine jewelry for any of life's special experiences. So if you're looking for that jewelry and you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile's jewelry experts are on hand 24-7 and are also available by phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift for every, for every budget. And to make your moment sparkle, whatever that moment is, BlueNile.com has amazing selection and will help you be able to find anything that you're looking for, for that special someone or that person that is really important in your life. So go to BlueNile.com and we have a very special offer for our Locked On Sports listeners. You get a $50 off on purchases of $500 or more. And this podcast exclusive even includes engagements. So use our code locked on. That's code locked on. And also, one thing that's really important as well is that every order is insured, shipped free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. So as I mentioned in our second segment, we're going to be talking about the second game of this very critical Blue Jays series where Michael Walker will be on the mound for the Red Sox and Ross Stripling will be pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays, who will be looking to take advantage of this series and get a 2 2 nothing lead uh, over the Red Sox and creep up a little bit on that second place in the AL East. But Michael Walker will need to make sure that doesn't happen with a little bit of a bounce back performance. We saw an uncharacteristic Michael Waka performance against the Detroit Tigers uh, in his last outing where he ended up 
allowing two earned runs over five hits over six innings pitched, which when you hear that and when you look at the stat sheet, you're like, oh, that's actually not that bad. But for what Michael Walker has done throughout this season, it wasn't a great performance that we've seen of him. We, we've seen him do a really good job of only allowing one or so run, really limiting the hits uh, down to uh, four or five. You know, he only allowed five against the Tigers, but we're not used to seeing you know, two, one or two more runs uh, allowed by Michael Waka. He did uh, strike out seven batters, so that was a plus in a little bit of an uncharacteristic last start against the Tigers for Michael Waka. But he did pitch against the Blue Jays earlier this season on April 27th. Had a pretty good outing. Ended up going six innings, only allowing four hits, one earned run, two walks, and striking out five batters. So it would be great if he would be able to replicate that. And if this Red Sox offense can do what they've done throughout this amazing June and really step up and put on some run support for Michael Waka, then that'll be a perfect recipe for the Red Sox to restart their winning streak and tie up this series against the Blue Jays. Now looking for what Ross Stripling did in his last start against the Blue Jays, which was the same day that Waka pitched against them uh, on the 27th. He ended up going five innings, only allowing five hits, one earned run, and striking out seven. So we could potentially see a pitching duel in this game. Could be a lot of fun to watch. And the last pitcher's last outing, they both only allowed one run. So I'm curious to see if we see a very similar performance uh, in today's game, but we'll have to see. Hopefully, cross our fingers, this Red Sox offense really is able to figure out what did not go right against Kevin Gosman in the Blue Jays pitching staff on Monday night's loss and are able to bring those lessons and what they learned into really picking up where they uh, had left off uh just a few games ago when they were putting up some great numbers against the Cleveland Guardians in that series and also in the other series before because as I said at the start of the at the start of this episode they've been 19 and 4 in June so the offense has been one of the best in the league but we just did not see that in their performance on Monday night but also some great news, some positive news, even during this loss on Monday. Chris Sale threw a bullpen yesterday morning, so we uh, will also see him on Thursday slated to make his third rehab assignment in Portland. So that is very nice to see. We also saw an update about Josh Taylor, who did pitch an inning in Worcester, uh, but is now throwing tomorrow or excuse me, is now throwing today in Portland. We also saw an update from Kike Hernandez. He has resumed throwing, but has not started swinging yet. And luckily, we're starting to see some of the Red Sox starters start to come back from injury. As I mentioned, Chris Sale is starting to come back. Garrett Whitlock is another guy who we could see starting to creep back from injuries. He will face hitters on Friday in Chicago and will also go through some fielding drills. So that's very nice to see some of these Red Sox pitchers starting to come back. But you've got to be even happier with how this Red Sox pitching staff has been able to perform when they've had a lack of pitching depth that they've had. They have the lowest pitching ERA in June with a 2 37 and right behind them in second place is the Los Angeles Dodgers. So you really got to be happy with 
how the Red Sox have been able to handle all these injuries that have come out of nowhere. Also, with what's going on with the unvaccination statuses, you know, they probably didn't expect Cutter Crawford, Tanner Houck, and Jaron Duran all to be out when they travel to their division rival, Toronto Blue Jays. But that is their decision. We can't judge them for the, their decisions. They're their own person, so they make their own decisions with that type of stuff. But uh, it's just been really impressive to see the output that this Red Sox team has been able to put out with the lack of reliable depth, having these injuries, having um, these COVID complications. And that is one of the perfect reasons why I love Heim Bloom, because he figures out a way to stack up this depth, not only in the farm system, but also on the major league roster. and. It's crazy with how good this team is, and they're still getting back. Guys like Chris Sale, James Paxton, Josh Taylor. Who knows what we're going to get from all those three pitchers, but the Sox are just getting started. And who knows who they could get in July in the trade deadline to potentially bolster up this bullpen, maybe add a first baseman replacement. It's been great to see what Bobby Delbeck has been able to do over the last few days. Hopefully he can continue this so the Red Sox don't have to potentially get a rental. We'll see. There's a lot of question marks going into 2023, so maybe we could finally get some answers on those. Maybe some extensions, but that's a little bit far away. But hopefully they can ride this great streak going into July. But if they're going to be able to ride safely, they need to make sure that they have the right auto parts for that car that they're riding into July. I hope you like that little segue as we're going to be talking about Rock Auto before we get into our third and final segment. But what to look for in our third segment, I'm going to be looking at some of your guys' reactions from this Red Sox Monday night loss and doing a little bit of a mental health minute. But I want to talk, talk to you about Rock Auto. So with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. So save money when using Rock Auto. And it's pretty crazy because you can spend 50, 50% or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. But with Rock Auto, you can get it much cheaper. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. But from Rock Auto, it's only $216. And every customer gets reliably low prices. And you can easily explore on their website today. So go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their hair how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com if you have been betting on this red sox team during this great june stretch you are in luck and if you're looking if you're looking to get into betting betonline.net is your perfect place to place a bet and also learn about some great sports info so you know that you what you are betting for and that you are spending your hard-earned money on the right bets. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and is your continued source for sports wagering information like live betting, esports, and more. And it's the best spot as well for your scores, podcasts, and news throughout the season. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action on BetOnline where the game starts. So I wanted to end this looking at a little bit of your reactions to this tough Red Sox loss. And I wanted to start off with uh, Sox propaganda who said uh, Gosman always pitches well against us, but we still lost against a good team. It's one game. If we lose tomorrow, then we have bigger issues and lose any feeling of threat to the Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, etc. I agree. Gosman, ever since uh, he's... He's signed with the Blue Jays, has really done very well against the Red Sox so far this season. And, you know, it's it's only one game. Uh, the Red Sox still have two more games against this Blue Jays series just in this series. So, they, you know, they, they still have two more games to try and win this series. And there's still plenty more time uh, for them to continue to keep on creeping up on the Yankees in the AL East. Who knows? The Yankees could have a major downfall that the Red Sox had uh, in the second half of the season uh, last year in 2021. But I, I don't think... Um, that if they lose tomorrow, let's say that they, that they won't be a threat automatically to those teams. There's still so much more time um, going into what uh, Red Sox chimp said. Uh, tough learning for Sevold, uh, a bit of stretch using him against this powerful, a bit of stretch. Excuse me, using him against this powerful Toronto lineup. Would like to see him against a lesser team. I agree. I, I'm I'm curious to see um, how Sebo would potentially do against uh, Baltimore Orioles, Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, one of those lesser teams. Um, it was a tough learning experience for him. Uh, sort of a move out of nowhere. You know, he he, pro- he probably got a hint that it was going to happen a few days ago. But uh, I, I'm I'm you, you can't really like I said you can't really fault a guy who hasn't pitched in the MLB for for nine months. And um, it's only his second start in the MLB. So, you know, we'll we'll continue to see how he does as he acclimates to the competition because we all know it's a a little bit of a leap of competition. You know, we've seen it with uh, Jaron Duran trying to acclimate, Bobby Delbeck trying to acclimate. So it's it's maybe even a little bit harder for for pitchers. Um, uh, MJ um, said that we can't keep giving away uh, games against division opponents, especially given how this team played to start. Don't understand using Seabold and really don't understand uh, leaving him to give up seven. Need the next two, but they're going to be tough, Wednesday in particular. So just a little bit of an insight on Seabold. They, they, they sort of had to do that just mainly because uh, Halk was taken out as well as Duran because of the uh, COVID restrictions due to the vaccination. But I see what you're saying. Like, why call up Seabold? Uh, he, he's probably the best replacement that the Red Sox have. Um, you know, you could say Cutter Crawford, but he, he also is unvaccinated as well. Um, I can't really think of any other pitcher other, other than Brian Bello who the Red Sox could call up. Uh, they probably don't think that he's ready. They probably trusted Seabold uh, a little bit more because he is uh he does have experience in the in the in the majors and i also don't think that bellow is on the uh is on the 40-man roster so they would have to move somebody off the 40-man roster and do all this sort of stuff for him to him to pitch just one game where they could just call it seaboat up and send him right back down and, and not really have to worry about uh you know putting somebody on waivers or or losing anybody uh so 
that's a little bit of, of, of why they called up Seaboard uh, compared to anybody else. But I, I see what you're saying. Um, the, the two of them, the two next games are going to be very important. And you said the last in particular, and uh, th- that's when it's Nick Pavetta against um, Manaya. Manaya is a very good pitcher. That's going to be a very tough game. Um, look, looking at uh, what brother Bob said, knew it had to come to an end. Um, referring to the seven-game winning streak. I agree, you know, especially when you're starting to ride uh, a little bit closer to 10 games in a row. You know at some point it's going to end. And um, it it was fun while it lasted uh, for the Red Sox as well as they were doing. But greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. Lastly, for uh, the Mental Health Minute, um, be a little bit more patient with yourself. Um, Really take a step back and look at, um, you know, what, have I been doing recently? Um, and be proud of yourself. Don't beat yourself up for the little things. Um, a quote that I heard uh, this past week is look at life, you know, sort of sort of how the phrase is of um, the cup is the glass is half full. So always look at life as, as half full and uh, look at what uh, you're grateful for that you have and don't always focus on the downfalls because we're always grateful for something in our life. There has to be something. But I'll leave it at that. Greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to this episode of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day, and make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. It's hosted by Lizzie, Lindsay Crosby, who is a prospect encyclopedia. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast because he goes deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow but if you have not yet also follow us on twitter it's lo underscore red Sox. we keep you updated on everything that's happening with the team as well as surrounding this podcast over there also follow myself on twitter it's at jake iggy as well as my co-host lauren it's la 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 lauren it's la 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 with three laws lauren with four r's but Greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. I hope everybody has a great rest of their day, and we'll see you tomorrow. But I'm going to end it how we always end it. Let's go, Sox. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 